Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. The topic for today's program is Three Seasonal Holidays and the Light of the Divine. Please welcome Rev. George Wolfe. Hello and welcome to Converging Streams. Today, we are going to learn about three holidays which come to us from three of the major religious traditions of the world. These holidays are Duvali, which comes to us from the Hindu tradition, Hanukkah, which is a Jewish holiday, and Christmas, which comes from the Christian tradition. All of these holidays are celebrated after the autumn equinox, as the days are becoming shorter in the Northern Hemisphere. And their universal message seems to be that although darkness is encroaching upon the face of the earth, the eternal light of the divine is forever shining and should not be forgotten. The first of the three holidays that I mentioned that deal with the concept of, the, of light and that we're learning about today is the Indian celebration of Diwali. Diwali is celebrated in early November, usually. And if you're a member of a local Indian community or you know somebody who is a, a member of that community and invites you to come to the Diwali celebration, you'll find out that they begin with a usually a, a very large community dinner with uh, very delicious food where everybody gets together and enjoys fellowship. And after the dinner, they often have music and dance, in addition to plays or skits which depict stories that relate to the celebration of this holiday. Overall, you could say that Diwali is a holiday which celebrates the light shining in the darkness, that light which leads one out of the worldly wilderness in which we live. It's said in Indian philosophy that everyone has the light of divinity within them. It is much like in the Christian tradition where Jesus says, you are the light of the world, let your light shine before men. Now, there are many stories, of course, which are connected with Duvali, and Duvali is celebrated somewhat differently in different sections of India because India is a very large country, and there are many different sects uh, in, within Hinduism, and each has its own little variation on how they might celebrate Duvali. But one somewhat universal story which connects uh, to Duvali is the story of Rama, and his wife Sita. Rama is considered to be an incarnation of the divine in the Hindu tradition. And Sita was Rama's wife who was kidnapped by Ravana, the demon king, who took Sita into the wilderness away from Rama. Rama then had to go into the wilderness to seek out his beloved. And after slaying the demon king, recovered his wife and was reunited with her. And the story has it that 
people in the village went into the wilderness to light to set lights along the paths leading from the wilderness out into their village so that Rama and Sita could find their way into the village. And when they returned to the village following these lights, there was a great celebration, and that was the first Duvali. This story of Rama recovering his beloved wife, who had been kidnapped from him, has great deep symbolic meaning for each person because it can represent the higher self seeking to be reunited with the divine, realizing itself to be Brahman, the supreme truth of the universe. Each of us are like Rama, seeking our own divine spouse, which has become lost in the wilderness of the world. The next holiday which we will learn about today is the holiday of Hanukkah, which comes to us from the Jewish tradition. Now, Hanukkah is not considered a major holiday in Judaism. It is a very minor holiday, and it is referred to as the Feast of Lights, an eight-day holiday in December, memorializing the successful rebellion against Greco-Syrian despots and the rededication of the Jewish temple. The story has it that once the battle completed itself and the Maccabees were victorious, the temple was to be rededicated, but they found that they only had enough oil for the lamp within the temple to last one day. After going out to secure more oil for the lamp and returning eight days later, they found that the lamp was miraculously still burning. And this is referred to as the miracle of Hanukkah. Now, although Hanukkah is not considered a major holiday in Judaism, it does have, I think, important meaning within American culture. Because freedom of religion is so important to us as Americans. And this particular holiday refers to what is often considered the first battle for religious freedom. Freedom of religion is an important theme within the United States Constitution, as it is found guaranteed in the First Amendment. And we have a long tradition of the separation of church and state. So while Hanukkah is considered a minor holiday in Judaism, I think it really has major meaning to American culture and to the principle of religious freedom for which all Americans stand. Now there's also a a very profound mystical meaning to the Hanukkah story. And this mystical meaning sees the temple as the temple of the body, symbolic for the temple of the body, and the light within the temple as the light of divinity within each one of us. And through a contemplative spiritual practice, such as meditation, one ultimately discovers that that light of divinity within the temple of the body is in fact always burning eternally. Thus, on a symbolic mystical level, the Hanukkah story can have a significance to each of us, regardless of what religious tradition we may be from. Now, the third holiday I'm going to talk about is the holiday of of Christmas, which is a major holiday, of course, in the Christian tradition. And, of course, Christmas has both sacred and secular uh, celebratory aspects to it, all of which, though, deal with light being shown in the darkness of winter. 
it is at Christmas time that the Christians celebrate the embodiment of the light of divinity in a person, that person being Jesus Christ. It is said in the book of Genesis that the first act of creation was the creation of light, God saying, let there be light. Nothing else had been brought forth yet. Infinite light casting its presence throughout the entire universe. The whole concept then of incarnation in Christianity is the notion that this light at the beginning of creation would be incarnate in an individual, a person, born into the world. And that because that light was brought forth by the word of God, thus that incarnation is considered the embodiment of God's word. Now, of course, there are many stories which relate to the celebration of Christmas. But a very important one is the story of the Epiphany. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in the Holy Land. And the Epiphany story tells of Magi, or Zoroastrian priests, coming from Persia to seek out and find the Christ child to offer gifts to the newborn child. Epiphany, however, also means a sudden realization of truth. If you look the word up in, in the dictionary, it refers to sudden realizations which illuminate us, that bring a kind of enlightenment to us. Thus, Epiphany has both a, a meaning depicted in a story of the Magi coming to see the Christ child, but also an internal illumination, which is a part of of the experience of people in all religious traditions. Now, the story of the Magi is a very interesting one because they come to the East in search of the Christ child, and when they get to the Holy Land, they have to ask directions as to where the Christ child might be born. Prior to that, they were following in the heavens a star, which represents a light, of course, that they are following in search of the Christ child. But when they get to the Holy Land, they go to see King Herod to ask where the child might be born. King Herod consults the knowledgeable people within his court, and after they look up the prophecies and so forth, they tell the Magi that the Christ child is to be born in Bethlehem. And so Herod sends them on their way, telling them that they should please come back after they have found the child, and tell him where the child is so that he too could go and worship the child. Well, the Magi go to Bethlehem, visit the child, Jesus, offer their gifts. And then that night afterwards, they had a dream that they should not return to Herod because Herod actually was jealous of the child and would kill the child. So in the dream, they were told to go back to their land a different way. Now, the question can be asked, why is it that the Magi could not have had a dream before going to see Herod? Why did they have to ask the directions of Herod in order to find the child? And the reason is that prior to finding the Christ child, they were following a light outside themselves, and thus they had to ask directions. Whereas after they found the Christ child, the child representing the light of divinity within all of us, then they could have a dream, an epiphany, and realize within the dream 
the direction that they should go. The meaning of the story is thus once we find that light of divinity within us, then we can follow our own inner realizations and not have to follow something which is outside of ourselves. The epiphany thus, in that sense, has meaning for everyone, regardless of one's religious tradition, as all of us have the capability of experiencing those sudden realizations of truth which illumine the path before us. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today our discussion of the three prominent holidays in religious traditions that deal with the light of the divine. And I close by praying that you may discover and experience that light of the divinity which shines within you and can forever lead you to the sacred presence of God. for listening to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in Our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.